Welcome to my Dream Log Cabin podcast, where we are keeping the dream alive by sharing stories of people who have achieved their dream of living in a log home. It seems now more than ever, people are longing to live remotely, or at least semi-remotely, which is why we are offering this show filled with inspiration, encouragement, and insider tips to help you live the log cabin life. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share. And most of all, always remember these important words offered by Albert Einstein. Never give up on what you really want. The person with big dreams is more powerful than one with all the facts. Now let's dig in. Hey friends, and welcome to My Dream Log Cabin podcast. I'm so excited today to be presenting you with our first video podcast. This is gonna be great. Thank you to John and Kathy for opening up their beautiful log cabin home. Log home, I should say, right? (laughs) Not a log cabin. And uh, I'm so excited to get started and introduce you to these beautiful people and their beautiful home. So let's do this. Wonderful, thank you both again so much for letting us in your home and for doing this. I'm just so grateful. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. (laughs) I already told you I'm a log cabin nut, so thank you so much. (laughs) Um, I wanted to hear your story, kind of like start from the beginning. Tell us who loved log cabins and how did this come to be and your story of how you ended up in this home. Is this your first log cabin home? Yes. Okay, so tell us how you got here. Well, it probably goes back to my childhood in that I was a military brat. My dad, uh, my first eight years of my life, I was in in El Paso, Texas. The desert, dry, not too many trees. Um, Every tree had to be planted that you got there. And I was only eight years old when we arrived in Alaska, in Anchorage, Alaska, Fort Richardson, exactly. And I spent three and a half years there, we did. And I grew to love mountains with trees, forested trees. I played in the forest, Um, water everywhere, rivers, lakes, the ocean not that far away, Uh, animals, wild animals walking up and down the street, you know, moose and deer and you name it. I really loved the outdoors from there. And of course, from there we went back, we went to Georgia and then back to El Paso and away from. But I remember as a child, you know, about 11 years old, as we came back, going down the highway, thinking to myself, when I grow up, I'm going to live in the woods. <laughs> with green around me and mountains and a little stream and maybe even just a little log house like I used to see in Alaska. But the only thing I knew was little tiny log cabins from there. There was no such thing at the time that I saw as a big, beautiful log home. Um, You know, didn't think about it for a long time until I was an adult going from West East Texas, at the time I was living in East Texas, Dallas-Fort Worth, took a trip to the Piney Woods of East Texas. And on the way home, saw a log building, a log, what looked like a log home along the highway. And I'm going, wow, in East Texas, (laughs) there's a log home. What it really was, was a model home 
and I we stopped and we went in and I bought a kit booklet of kits with little pictures. It was like a folder and it had a dozen different kits in there and I dreamt about that since my early 20s. I love how log cabin stories always start with with this just some sort of attraction that happens early on and somebody just thinks about it and the dream is such an important part mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons why I love this podcast because I think there's so many other people who think oh it's just me and it's just my dream but it's not and I want them to hear the story like you dreamt about it for how many years before it became true for you well that that was my mid-20s probably that I bought that first uh, packet of of designs and thought about it and then from there I moved well I was in Dallas Fort Worth area for a lot of years teaching and then I moved to Turkey and had that, that packet with me the whole time and eventually met my husband there and talked to him about it and he thought it was a good idea. I had, I had been I worked in the Forest Service for uh, four summers making my way through college and was out in the woods and loved the outdoors and especially after living in Turkey three times concrete apartment buildings there was no way I was going to live in a in a in a town mm. and so when she brought up the idea of a log home I fell right in with it that fit with what I wanted perfectly wonderful I love how the stars aligned that's so awesome <laughs> what point so you were saying earlier I think before we started recording mm -hmm. about how you used to travel and you folks were coming out here to meet up with John's parents, this general area? Yes, when we got we got married in 92, we first came to Idaho. Um, that summer. That summer. <clears throat> and he, he hadn't been here because his parents used to live in Walla Walla, Washington. And they had just moved to Idaho, um, not far from us. And so that was, this was our first experience was this area and uh, several years later coming back during the summer we spent a whole summer the Grand Teton area and our families visited us there and then they all left and we we did a lot of outdoor sorts of things that we love to do and we had a friend's truck and we drove up through Idaho, through Stanley, the Bitterroot Valley, up Highway 93, the whole way. And we stopped for the night in a little town called Hamilton. And we fell in love. And it was really beautiful. And we talked to a guy, I don't know if we talked to him that summer or, or somehow got a hold of him, but it was... Um, a real estate agent and we went back the following summer and looked at a lot of different we pieces spent, of property. Yeah, we spent two weeks with him every day going out looking for property and that whole highway from Hamilton headed up towards Missoula was all model log, log homes home. and log home companies mm -hmm. and so I had started on a computer trying to design a log home we wanted. We did find a piece of property about 10 acres uh, sat right at the foot of some majestic mountains and ended up buying. We didn't want to leave without buying something, so we bought a, about 10 or 11 acre piece of property at that point. The following summer, we ended up back here visiting with his parents for his dad's birthday in July, and they had some neighbors 
from across the street there visiting young, young couple in their 20s. And we were having an outdoor barbecue and they were telling me about, um, the, the young man was telling me, the, I think that these two, the wife and John, had gone inside with all the dishes. <clears throat> We'd finished dinner and the young man was saying, oh, well, I know this guy. I hear you like antiques. We know this guy <clears throat> that has a whole house full of antiques. And we said, oh, I said, you just, yeah, nice, but we have a lot of antiques and we don't have any place to put them. <laughs> we don't need any more. And he said, well, they're, they're in a, a log home, a 4,000 square foot log home. And I said, oh, we're looking for a log home. We are. And then he said, on 20 acres. And I went, really? <laughs> he was reeling me in. It wasn't in. even his house. It I mean, wasn't it was his house. Somebody that he knew. And so John came and sat down with us again. And I told him what this young man had just told me. And he said, well, it wouldn't hurt to look. So the young man brought us out here, and that was it. We fell in love. We walked in the door, and the first thing we did was to look at our that fireplace in front of us and decided we just kind of looked at each other, yes. thinking if we want to buy this house, because he was, he was selling it. His wife had just passed away, and he wanted to get it out of it. And... We just looked at the fireplace and that was it. I, I fell in love because I had been looking for a several years through every log home magazine mm -hmm. that I could find and looking at different um, fireplaces. And most, some of them were too small with too big of a, of a fire pit there or different kind of rock, you know, just I couldn't get the rustic thing that I really wanted. And we just kind of looked at each other yeah. and went, shh, don't say anything. And, and it's, it's river rock from the property when they dug out the foundation. Uh, they they built it, and, I mean, it was just, that was the first thing. And then we went around the corner and saw the stained glass window, and we fell in love with <clears> that. And then I walked further down the hallway, <clears> and there was this bathroom that was very feminine. I thought, this is weird. I looked in and it was my favorite color, purple. All done in like a little garden setting with a little, you know, gazebo and it was so unusual. And I thought, this house was meant for me. So we still had uh, the property in Montana and we were paying on and paying rent utilities in Turkey. Oh, wow. said, we can't afford to do this but we can't afford not to. Mm -hmm. We weren't looking for a piece of property with a house on it, and it just kind of fell into our lap. And so on, we were going back to Montana to look at the property and maybe put in a well the first summer or a septic tank the next summer, and over four years, then come back and have the house built. And if we'd done that, we would almost have been burnt out because it had the massive fires. Oh, wow. So we made an offer on the house, made an offer on the house, went to Montana, found out he declined the offer. We made an alternate offer, and on the way we got back and found out he accepted the second offer. But we asked for several pieces of the antique, antique furniture to go along with it. Um, and fortunately, within a year, we sold the property in Oregon, and um, 
that that made a difference. And we sold the property that we just purchased sure, in Montana, yeah. Yeah. Wow. so that that we we were property rich and dollar poor for a while, but uh, mm -hmm. it all worked out. Isn't that interesting? I just think it's so interesting how when, like you were saying, it was like it was meant for me. That's what I love most about these stories is it almost seems like God has his hand in these adventures, as mm -hmm. I call them. And we don't always know where it's going to lead, but to just to keep having faith and just keep moving forward. And like you said, we didn't know how we were going to afford it, but this happened and this happened and this happened. And then all of a sudden it was... Here you are. Yeah. We, we, when we went back to see our property in Montana, we stayed the night. We had a little RV and we stayed the night on it. And it just seemed so much smaller than we thought at first. And there were a few houses, a couple of more houses built up around it. And the, but the mountains were so beautiful. And I really do love rugged mountains. Our mountains are not all that rugged, but they're, but they're beautiful. And, we got back and we thought, we're three hours closer to our family. Mm -hmm. John's parents were living right here. 20 his, minutes away. You know, his kids were less, you know, instead of seven hours away, they were only less than four hours away. And so it just was the perfect place. And this also gave us a place to stay during the summers until we moved back permanently instead of living out of everybody else's house and in our suitcases. There's always a moment when I'm in these experiences where I get chills listening to someone's story where it's almost like it was meant to be and look how much better it turned out. And it just happened while you were telling me that. I'm like, Ooh, okay, I got those tingles on. <laughs> um, so tell me about what the house looks like when you, when you bought it. Well, we had in our minds a modern built house you know because we had been seeing them in in montana and had gone to a number of places so we were imagining something much more elaborate than what this was um and we just but we just fell in love with it because it had the property and the price was unbelievable at the time and i think that's what we got a lot more for our dollar here than we would have ever gotten over there in Montana where, where we were planning to build. And this place was, it looked like a log cabin, but just longer. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't very well taken care of. Um, uh, the, what I call the pink panther insulation was sticking out inside and outside between the logs. You could see light between logs. There was no chinking. Uh, my parents would come in the summer before we got back to open the house up and sweep up all the dead bugs and, and spiders and everything from under all the windows. And I, I mean, there was a lot of it. Uh, so it was, it was livable, but it needed a lot of work. The owner was not a carpenter, and so when he did the finishing work inside, he left the edges of sheetrock exposed mm -hmm. so you would see bits of sheetrock on the floor. Um, in different places. All the electrical um, outlets, we, the plugs, they were all sticking out from the logs. Mm. They were just metal boxes out. And I spent one, one part of one summer chiseling into the log and insetting all, all the boxes. And we, over the years, 24, 25 years, have remodeled every room in one way or another. We went from finishing off, the, you know, really scrubbing down the outside 
and and restaining because it was really weathered badly, and then he chinked it. Um, John chinked it, and then we worked on the inside doing similar things. It was dark red, log uh, Lincoln. Lincoln log color um, everywhere. It was it was dark, and I I asked. We had a specialist that lived. There was a little log home place up near us not too far and we asked the guy to come out and we said what are the possibilities of having this log cleaned and change colors sandblast he said well yeah we we could sandblast it it would be a pretty big work in it and it would make a real big mess and be very expensive and we went oh okay so we the next summer <laughs> The next summer, I, I asked John, well, what do you think it would be like to try to sand it ourselves, sand the logs ourselves? So, so he, got, he borrowed a sander from his dad, and he went into his bathroom, because they're unusual house. It has his and her bathrooms right next to, instead of a guest and a, and a master suite. It, it's unusual that way. But he went into his bathroom, and he sanded a little bit, and he came out and he said, well, I have good news and I have bad news. And he said, he said the good news is, or the bad, the good news is it sands off pretty easily. And the it bad news, And the bad news is you're going to want me to do the whole house. <laughs> and we did that, yeah. that, that summer, we had almost no furniture. So we put plastic on, covered up one room. And with hat and goggles and mask on a ladder, I sanded all the logs in the ceiling and all the logs on the walls. Kathy would come then and vacuum and wet wipe down everything. Then we polyurethane and then we chinked. I had to learn how to chink and I did that on the outside because it was the outside was a five-step process. The logs were black wow. from pollen, from smoke, from sun damage. sun damage. And that first year that we did that, it turned the logs into looking like these logs yeah. to begin with. It, it probably needs another treatment, but it was a, a five-step process yeah, to do that. That is so. not easy. Wow. Do you need a job? Because I think we're hiring for restoration. <laughs> <laughs> not at my age now. <laughs> You're the experienced one now. You can teach all the other guys. Um, wonderful. And, you know, you kind of toured around and um, showed us. I love what you did with your ceilings and the kitchen and some of the bathrooms. And kind of tell me about why you did that and how that got. Well, we did not sand the ceilings, so they're still Lincoln log color throughout most of the house. And it adds a nice dimension because the logs are lighter and they still have the, the red grain from the, from the original stain. And it, it adds a nice texture to the logs. But it makes it dark to, to keep these red ceilings the way they are. And I just needed a lighter kitchen and a lighter bathrooms. And so we painted those white and it has made such a difference. I bet that, and we were talking about the challenge that would be because they're, the trusses are round and mm -hmm. go right up to the ceiling. Um, so, I mean, that's a tiny little area. You gotta get your, your Yep. paint in there but you guys did just a beautiful job I mean the whole house is gorgeous and I bet everywhere you look you can remember the hard work you put into every <laughs> inch of it as you walk through it <laughs> we truly can we truly can. and 
all the walls had wallpaper, so that was another step we had to, to do. And then Several we had layers. layers wow. of old, old 1970s wallpaper. Oh, that's colors. right. Your house, this house was built in the 70s. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that some of it was very dark. And some of the wallpaper in the hallway in our bedroom was the same color as the ceilings. They were red. Oh, wow. <laughs> With tiny little design. So it, it was very dated. And John and I worked on getting the, the wallpaper off. And then he learned how to texture the, the walls and then paint them. And then he did trim all the way around. He was amazing. And as you'll see in places, not everywhere through the house, where he actually um, that wall over there. sculpted the, mm. the trim to match the logs. What a job. You know, many, many trips down to his shop and back to do that. So, but it, it is, a, like you say, a labor of love. It really has been. And it's going to be hard as we grow older knowing, you know, that we eventually are going to have to move away. <laughs> yeah, that does make it. It's a very special place. What do you plan to do still? Do you have any last touches you want to put on it still? Or are you guys done? I, I keep saying I hope this is the last project. Right now, um, uh, we had a pole barn put in a couple of years ago, and, and um, then the front carport was a new addition to it. Didn't have that. Um, and we're putting up a split rail fence out on the edge of the road. But um, I'm hoping that, that we're about finished with the projects. The front doors need to be replaced, the main two big ones, but uh, hopefully we're about finished. A lot of labor of yeah. love. Yeah. And it's paid off, I mean, tremendously. So I guess looking back and hearing your story, is there anything you would have done differently? Is there anything um, you wish would have been different? Or do you think it just perfectly worked out the way it was? Well, inside, I think we did what we could with what we had and what with our own knowledge and getting getting ideas. Outdoors is a whole different story. If we had had the funds, because we, I was a teacher, he was retired military. We had um, when I came here, I had a very big drop in pay to Idaho from where I was. And I did teach for a while, um, but only part-time. So we had limited funds at the time. We could have used bigger equipment to help us through some of the wood projects a outdoors, tractor a tractor. I only got that, what, four or five years ago? Yeah, five years and ago. And it would have made such a difference. And, and I couldn't do the stuff outside now that I need the tractor for. And it's not a big tractor, but it's big enough to do most of the stuff I need to do. That would have saved me a lot of work and yeah. a lot of time. And there are a lot of little things like, well, not so little, but we just finally got the, the outside sunlight basement walls at the bottom finished getting stone facing on all of them. It's artificial stone facing, but it looks much better. It was all that rough cedar that they had glued on. <laughs> and, and when we, when it finally rotted off, it left big splotches of these glue on concrete colored. And they had some walls. bolts. There were some bolts to use bolts, to hold it yeah. on. But the back wasn't. The back was all painted red. Yeah. Yeah. And it seemed backwards, like somebody hung it up backwards, yeah. like the wallpaper in the bathroom. Exactly. Up, <laughs> anyway, um, it's 
it, it could have, if, if we could have had all of that stone put on before we did all the landscaping, that would have made, you know, yeah. but it made things harder mm -hmm. because we had to do things in steps as we had the funds. We were talking about that it would have been easier if that was done before the landscaping, but ultimately you just did what you could with what you had and, and it and was rewarding. Yeah. I have two questions left, okay? So what do you love best about your house and about the lifestyle you have here? Even if it was a stick frame, wood frame house, we love the location because the original owners position the house the right way and we get the sunrise and the moonrise over the mountains and the sun sets. But as far as the log home, we feel extremely secure um, from earthquakes, winds we've had, 75 to 85 90 mile an hour wind gusts in the past that has not affected the house whatsoever. Um, we, that one winter, it was December, we did have a tree fall on the bedroom on the house. It punched, it was a pretty good sized fir tree. It punched one hole in the metal roofing and that was it. And we lost a hundred trees that, that windstorm. And other than that one tree that the top broke and fell on the house, we had no issue with the roofing, um, the, the patio in the back, the, the plastic on top, no problem, nothing with the logs. So we feel really secure. Plus, it's a hunting area. And these are 10-inch logs, and there's no round that's going to come through the logs. I mean, the windows, they could, but, you know, I find arrows in the backyard occasionally um, that people have hunted because they do bow hunting a lot. But uh, a stray round from a rifle is not going to come through the logs. Mm -hmm. So we feel pretty secure with all that. And it's comfortable in mm -hmm. the in the winter and the summer. In the summer, we rarely have our air conditioning working because it's always cooling. Mm -hmm. Could open the windows mm -hmm. and we'll get the breezes. Yeah, you guys have really good facing so that you mm -hmm. get that cross breeze yeah. perfectly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're right, log homes do stay warmer in the winter and cooler, cooler in, the, in summer. the summer. They, they really do, naturally. That's great. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so last thing. What would you say to other people who might be dreaming of a log home and maybe they're at the stage where you were at when you got your catalog thinking, I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but it would be nice if it did. Keep at it. Keep working <laughs> at it and keep trying and, and work, it, work with a good, um, reliable Contract. contractor. <clears throat> Because one of the things that somebody brand new to it won't realize is in this house, because it was an older home, is that the logs had settled. We've got over behind there, we've got logs that tilt at an angle because the house settled. You put any picture on that wall and it's gonna look crooked. Um, when you buy a new one, the cabinets have to be put on runners so that as the logs settle, it doesn't, otherwise it'll rip the cabinet right off the wall. Um, we didn't have to worry about that. So when we remodeled the kitchen, we could put screw the, the, all the cabinets right into the wall and not have to worry about the log settling. And a lot of people wouldn't even think of that, that a log home would settle that much, but it will more so than even a regular house will. Well, and even our, our <laughs> sub, sub flooring is not well done. So we <laughs> often have um, streams of water you know, we think spill oh, going yeah. from one part of the room to the next. Mm -hmm. 
um, when I sit at my desk in my office, the chair moves back. By yeah, <laughs> if she even touches the, the 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 thing, is she'll roll right back towards my chair. And you can see even the cabinet back here how the top sits against the wall and the bottom doesn't. It's just the floors are not level. Yeah, you get yeah. used to yeah. non-perfections. <laughs> that's so true. I think that's what goes. I was going back to saying like people who love log cabins, I think they almost like that character. Like you guys, you said this house had these interesting things that were perfect for you mm -hmm. and that's what makes it beautiful well i just can't thank you both enough for for this experience it's truly a pleasure and thank, thank you, you so for much. letting us share yeah. <laughs> we love talking about our log home and our experience i'm we so really glad do. well i'm glad we had you guys got to Hey friends, if you haven't done so already, it sure would mean the world to us if you would please subscribe to the show and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, we're always looking for people who are willing to share their story of how they attained the log cabin dream. Visit us at mydreamloghome.com and contact us about coming on the show. Thanks again for listening.